This content is suitable for curious and objective listeners and viewers only. User discretion is advised. You know, they say if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you go. So I feel like a lot of people got opportunities. So I had my opportunities kind of squeezed into one year and I just had to make the best of it. And honestly, I still feel like I didn't make the best of it, but I tried my best to at least put myself in the position to get there. So it's funny when you say I was a 40 game starter, but I didn't start to my senior year of high school. Like <laughs> The transition was, it was strange for me. I was like, I don't know. I'm just out here at this point. Thank you, bro. Um, I got a gift for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, what age is that? Is that at 82, you saw one y'all? <laughs> It is actually a Saint Vignon Blanc 2018. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna play. Is that the sponsor of tonight? <laughs> of today's sponsor of tonight. 2018 Saint Vignon Classic. The Fog Edition. <laughs> the Fog Edition. <laughs> we are now accepting paid advertising at the credentials, so please email at the credentials. <laughs> uh, can you see KG right there? Yeah, I do. Damn. You, know, <laughs> you see how small this is? Bro, what is that? That must be uh, little Ricky. <laughs> nah, you know, you know KG is the GOAT. I, I ha- that's the first part. That's probably the first jersey I've ever had in my life. All right, it looks like it. Yeah. And then I got Big PS. That's the second. <laughs> <laughs> I KG probably still had hair when you got that jersey. Nah, 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 nah. I, I only know KG bald. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. yeah, the legend. Well, anyway, on the credentials, we have a special, special, special guest. We have St. Thomas legend. We have two-time first team Ivy All-League All-American. Uh, we have the Frank Hershey Award winner. Which is given to the most upbeat. Okay. He did his research. He did his research. <laughs> <laughs> most upbeat and desire to win the passion, like basically the spark of the team. He is the first player in Dartmouth history to start and play all 40 games. That means every year, because you guys have a 10 game season, you started and you played every single game. <laughs> <laughs> you are yeah, yeah, great introduction. Yeah. Keep it going. You're the AC Green of college football. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you also had the opportunity of being with the Kansas City Chiefs, made the roster. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be have an NFL experience to, to some extent. And now you are a aerospace engineer mm-hmm. at Iberos. Ibios. I like I like it though. Ibios. <laughs> okay, that's really close. That's Yo, really close. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're basically creating subsystems for aerospace applications. And look at you. You did some yeah. research. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was going on here. <laughs> this is the credentials. Okay, <laughs> this is the whole yeah. thing of it. You know what I'm saying? Background checks now. Okay. And you're from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is not a Ivy League. <laughs> producing <laughs> entity at all and you you're someone that you know what i'm saying is just uh smart strategic and, and you're my dog you used to, <laughs> you used I, don't to I don't even want to be on this podcast i just want you to keep going like yeah, my yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah you're also we we met at st thomas and um you were basically I had to be like a first second friend there i really don't remember but um i, I was more thing. like the bus driver because i just gave yeah. you what I was cool, but 
<laughs> oh, we, we can't talk about that. Uh, but no, it's also growth though, because you know me from falling in the falling asleep in the car, <laughs> like it was like some type of like voodoo trick. And then you also know me. I'm the same person who went from Florida to to New York and and made a stop at your crib. Now that you're in uh, Big VA and you got to see my growth and my progression. I got to see yours. And you know what I'm saying? You're someone that the credentials was was made on, which is people that are, you know, transitioning from one of my passions, you know, it's not all about the credentials, but one of my passions is sharing people who transition from sports and entertainment and are able to tap into what their passion is and figure out how to monetize it or just figured out what it takes to make the transition because i mean sports is is it's it's not it's a a lot but it's not everything Mm -hmm. you know and and the goal of it is for you to enjoy every moment of it take your don't take it for granted enjoy every single moment of it milk all of it and know Mm -hmm. that it's just a springboard for you to do more that's all that's all sports is it's just a springboard for you to enjoy it love it go hard at it and let it springboard you and guide you to to the next part of your journey i feel that you saw Dwayne Wade just came apart on her yeah like and who would have thought you know like nba players like look at lebron james he owns a a piece of uh the red sox now joining fenway sports properties it's like and a soccer team yeah it's just you know with the um, the economics and just even 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 just for the regular person like me because like for you you had the athletic skill to mm-hmm. pursue the opportunity for me i didn't have the athletic skill so i am someone who always wanted to work in inter sports and entertainment and with COVID happening and seeing that you know who knows you know sports may not always be there as far as the limited job opportunities, they might shrink. Right. So let's put in the ecosystem, like different opportunities out there that, you know, especially for people that look like me and you put it out there so that they can see like, Oh, okay. Like you can do that. You can do that. Cause exposure. Hey, but don't forget to tell the people you was also a straight A student the whole time now. <laughs> I'm gonna make it seem like you got it all out. Like you, I hype you up a little bit, man. You were getting good grades. You was always the smartest kid. You was always the smartest black kid I knew. You just had to figure it out. That's all. Yeah, but at the same time, it wasn't straight A's. I wish it was straight A's. It was, it was A's in AP A's. classes. You still had a 5.8. No, 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 I definitely had over 4.0, but not a 5.8. <laughs> but also, we you know, growing up and just now knowing what I know, it's also that grades didn't mean a didn't really mean anything grades really don't mean anything you know like it's it's the biggest one of the biggest misconceptions about school you know experiences and figuring out what you like is what school is supposed to be about and that's the game changer and also the real game changer is you got to learn outside of school you know I'm pretty sure you're someone that has learned a lot of information outside of classes would you agree i would agree but i'm not i'm gonna take a step back i'm not gonna say grades aren't important because i would say like grades is like definitely the foundation for like uh hard work i think so i won't say that grades is the end all be all but at least for like 
a lot of people like you might not know what you want to do, but whatever you're trying to do, you're going to find that worth ethic, like one way or the other. And so grades for I feel like a lot of young students like that shows you if you willing to put in that extra hour or two to do something. And I feel like that's like the hardest part that's to get instilled in people is like, well, why am I doing this master? I'll never use this in life. Like, yeah, maybe you might not use it again, depending on your field, but are you willing to go out of your comfort zone in order to try to learn something that you're not comfortable with? Like maybe one day down the line, it could be like applicable. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And I want to no, disagree with me, please. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, cause this, this is not about like, this is not about Skip and Shannon and Stephen A and Skip, you know, this isn't about like, nah, this is about what's the real, what's the real, you know? And I just throw things out there and I like making on the spot, like, let's have a real conversation. So I agree with you. And I would say you're right because in high school, you, I did put the extra one or two hours in, not really by studying, but by pay attention in class. I really don't, because I'll be trying to like think about like how much did I study in, in high school? I really did it. I just paid attention in class. I took notes. That was my cheat code, you know? And um, that's what it was. Because you also got to remember, grades is just about how good of a relationship you have with the teachers as it is with your score in the test. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little secret. That's a little secret people don't know, especially in college. So I think in what you're saying is right. In high school, you do need to get those grades because it shows colleges, hey, you're willing to put the hard work in right. and you deserve an opportunity or you deserve a scholarship because that's how you really want to think. You deserve uh, some scholarship. Honestly, money. I feel like the most cyclical like cycle that I feel like most people don't realize like when it comes to like being caught up in the rat races. So what you do in high school reflects on whether colleges want you. What you do in college reflects on what your job looks out of you. So I feel like a lot of people don't understand, like it starts at a very young age. Like if you don't show that you can put in work in high school, you're basically screwing yourself out of a job in the future without even realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, everything builds upon itself. However, I will say this. It's never too late to flip the switch, though. It's never too late. Never, never too, too late, late to flip the switch because there's people... It will be harder though. It will yes. be harder later. But yes, yes, too late. you build you build habits, you know. You don't and you, what you're saying is you build so many unconscious habits that you don't realize that when it's actually time to turn it on, you can't. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the you know, to give you a extreme, but it's like the attic. It's like you do so many days of it that when you try to stop, it's like I've had so many days. My body is this what I know. You now you've got the habit. Like a lot of people are like not good with being uncomfortable. In order for you to grow in any industry or field, you have to be uncomfortable. It's not, oh, it's not gonna come easy. So Brennan, cause you're someone who went to Ivy League, but did you take AP classes? So funny story for you. I will say I honestly had a very horrible mindset, like transitioning from high school to college. Like you said, I went to St. Thomas and Everybody before us, you saw, went to these big name schools, top of the town, they in the NFL. So like in my mind, I'm like, all right, I go to the same school. Like I'm going to school like for football. Like I don't care what happens, I'm going for football. And so when it came time to choose those harder classes, I was like, now nah, I'm good, I'm going for football. Which looking back on it was absolutely absurd because when I got to college, I was already behind everybody else. And it was probably one of the hardest things I had to like learn that transition of, okay, I wasted so much time in high school 
refusing to learn this stuff. Now I have to go twice as hard just to catch up and get on the same foundation. So I can't even build yet till I get that foundation. So talk about that. How did you learn? How did you handle that, that course load in college of electrical engineering and talk about if someone wanted to do electrical engineering, what kind of classes are you taking? So I would say my freshman year, the workload couldn't do it. I just wasn't built for it. Like I called back home. I was like, I tried, I tried everything. I'm studying the, as best I know how to, and I'm still failing everything. So clearly like the problem is me. So this isn't going to work because I clearly am not built for this stuff. And it took, it took a few mentors and it took a few people like in my corner, to, like help me like get the actual like learning tools I needed, whether it was tutors or understanding like, guess what? If you really want to learn this stuff, you can't go to bed before midnight. It's a hard, it's a harsh reality, but I was up till 2, 3 a.m. every night just getting work done and then going to workouts at 6, 30, 7 a.m. Like I couldn't sleep comfortably like eight hours if I wanted to just stay on par with the rest of the students who didn't have like as rigorous of a schedule. But in terms of like engineering, like your first, I would call it the weeder courses to like get you out of there. The prereqs are like chemistry, two different physics terms. Um, anything from multivariable calculus, uh, infinite series summations. Like, so you're doing a whole lot of building on your math base and science base just to see if you qualify to make it to like the next level. So it's a, it's a huge, it's a rigorous. Like, <laughs> How do you, how did you learn? Like, what was, what was mm -hmm. your, what was the key or what's the keys for someone to be successful in learning that? Cause to me, what you're saying let's say I wanted to try it. Let's say, because right. let's say there's a lot of people who feel like they're, they're good with their hands. They want to build mm -hmm. things, but the classes are just too, it's, or, right. you know, we get psyched out. You don't mean just the, the thought of it, it just psychs you out. So how do you overcome that? I will say, you know what I, I did realize like over time is, so there's two things you do when you first try to learn something. The first thing you do is you try to go all in by yourself and just see what happens. If you get it, great. Like you've already started at a great place. If you don't get it, which is where I usually end up is realizing that you can't be ashamed to ask for help. Even if it's just your classmates, I don't care if it's your teacher, like clearly they understand something and there's a missing link. And I feel like for me personally, it was like, okay, we're in the same boat. We all are doing the exact same thing. So I'm missing it. Maybe my peers can help me like understand what I'm missing out on. And so I leaned a lot on like other students in my class. Like, oh, I was shameless with it too. Like I would see them all sitting in the library, like in one corner, I was sitting not too far away, start my work. Okay, I'm stuck. Just lean over, hey, uh, how's number one going? Like, is that how you do it? No, okay, I'll be back. Number two, I come right back over. It's like, you know what, I, I'm just gonna sit with y'all. Cause y'all, I feel like y'all know what y'all doing. And that's how I was like using other people as my resources to learn. Like. After a while, I stopped being shameful. I'll just sit right next to anybody. I don't care if I didn't know you're not like, you working on that? Like, come on, help me out. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared, you shared that because that's what it really, it's, that's what it comes down to. We know when you're learning something, it's try it yourself, give it all you got. Because guess what? Like you said, you might mess around and you might just know it off, off rip. It might just come natural to you. It might come things. easy. Some things it, come easy. Yeah, you just got to try it. The key is just trying you, like you said, number one. And then the second one is use help. 
there's resources for a reason. That's part of the college experience is to lean on your peers to build relationships to where you can be like, yo, you helped me, I helped you. You helped me, I helped you. And you let that help. You let that grow. Right. And I feel like that's also why people have alumni networks. Like that's the exact same idea. It's like, okay, like we all helped each other get to this point. Now let's reach back and help the younger generation move forward. But I feel like even before you get to that point, I wish, because I mean, we talked about this before. I wish high school students had a bigger guide towards that. Like me and you both went to the same school. I don't, I didn't even know we had a guidance counselor. Like it never, <laughs> was never a thing. Like we never really had that kind of help. I just got fortunate enough that football was like, even if I was fighting against the grain, I didn't want to go Ivy League, honestly. I was trying to be a big name. I want to go ACC, SEC, like everybody else. But that wasn't my path. And I realized, like, you know what? Like, I can't fight forever. Like, if this is what I'm destined to do, like, if I want to play football, like, I might have to work a little harder to make it. But if this is truly the path for me, I'm going to keep doing it. So talk about what did, from an academic standpoint, what does Ivy League schools require from you? So I would say the one thing, I can't speak on all schools, but from the people I've talked to who have also gone to Ivy League schools, the one thing they require, at least in the STEM department in particular, is it's time. So the one thing that you might not see at other schools, at this school, is that you're going to put more time into studying. Because it won't, like in high school, it's like, okay, I studied for this test. I know if I do this, I get this answer. But what I was realizing was that's not good enough at these schools. It's more like, okay, we taught you this foundation and this principle. Now we're going to give you this random real life, like reality fact. And we're going to just throw it out there for you. You have some of the tools to figure it out. And now it's your job to kind of put it together. And so you're spending those extra hours just to get to that point to where you feel confident enough to like proceed through something that you might actually have an idea of like how to move and what what got you into this engineering the stem the stem part of thing what what like piqued your interest in high school or was it before high school i've been kind of a nerd like to be honest like, <laughs> like i used to i used to fix xboxes remember that? <laughs> I used to, like, when did that start uh that was like 10th grade 10th grade 10th grade yeah Oh, just, word. So that was like in high school. Yeah, we were in high school and I figured yeah. out how to like Xboxes and then I, Xbox broken, like bring it to me. And I just love the idea of like cracking open electronics, not knowing what's really going on in there, but just seeing like, man, one day, like I would hope that I can contribute to like what goes in this Xbox, maybe not Xbox in particular, but be able to like have a, a, a huge grasp or understanding of this technology is all I really wanted. And who would you say inspired that? Was that just something in you or something around you or a little bit of both? Uh, I'm going to say a little bit of both. So, like, both my parents, like, work on computers for a living. And so this kind of technology they work on, it's all integrated in a way. So I necessarily didn't want to work on computers, but through computers, I still gained, like, an interest in technology. I wanted to kind of break things and when you want to break things you gotta learn how to fix it and so if you don't break technology you might as well be an engineer because that's gonna be a happy job 
Okay. Okay. Now speaking of breaking things, right now, let's transition to, because I, I think that's important for you to share that, you know, like sometimes there's, there's things that are just around you that if you just are open to it mm-hmm. and you just try it, maybe not now, but down the line, it right. might be something that you could tap into and be like, you know what? I did like that. I did like doing that. And it may be something unique, but now everything is not really unique no more. You know, it's like updating the mindset of, yo, anything can be monetized if you do it the right way. Because now what you could do, let's say you just like, you could sell a course on how to fix Xboxes, the 10 common Xbox (laughs) casualties and how do you solve them, you know? Sell an ebook course on that or, or something like that, you know, instead of, I don't know, um, working a basic entry-level food job, you know, a different way. And then you get the experience of running my own business, but now you can pick your own hours and do it online. And I don't know how them two things connect, but I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the way they connect is that, you know, I'm all about people sharing their passions and look mm-hmm. at that as opportunity. Cause you may, someone may connect with you and like, yo, I have always liked fixing Xboxes. So maybe you should think about electrical engineering. And then maybe right. you should think about nowadays, if you want to build, let's say an app. Like, I'll, I'll say this, like, I didn't know I wanted to be an electrical engineer per se. I just know I wanted to work with technology and I feel like a lot of times people tell you, like, you need to know what you're doing at a young age. Like, you need to know what you're getting into if you want to be business. I don't think that's truly the idea because as you get older, like, new opportunities, like, present yourself and you become more creative. Um, I just say, like, at least as long as you have an idea or something that may pique your interest so that way you have something to work towards, like, you should be fine. Growing up, would you say you were more of a hooper or a football player? <laughs> uh, I wasn't much of a football player growing up, unfortunately. Plot twist. Plot twist. Yeah, wasn't 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 that good. I won most improved player going into my senior year of high school, so clearly I wasn't the best. <laughs> Legend, though, you won it though. You won something though. Hey. I wanted it. I put extra hours into it. I woke up every morning at 4.30 a.m. I ran on the beach. I was slow. I wanted to get faster. Like, I did whatever it took to try to get, put myself in the best position. I feel like a lot of people say they want to do stuff, but until you are willing to take that extra step without being coerced to do it, maybe you don't really want it. Freshman year, I played freshman football. I'm a backup running back. Sophomore year, I switched defense. I'm like, all right, offense don't want me. I'll switch the defense. I'm a backup corner. Junior year, I get a little taller, so now I'm closer to six feet. I'm like, all right, a little tall, kind of slow. Still moving to safety. So now I'm a backup safety my junior year. It wasn't until my senior year when I actually even got a chance to play high school football. So I feel like a lot of people got opportunities. So I had my opportunities kind of squeezed into one year. And I just had to make the best of it. And honestly, I still feel like I didn't make the best of it, but I tried my best to at least put myself in the position to get there. So it's funny when you say I was a 40 game starter, but I didn't start to my senior year of high school. Like <laughs> the transition was, it was strange for me. I was like, I don't know, I'm just out here at this point. Yeah, but that talks to like, what was your mindset 
You know what I'm saying? Like to stick with it because St. Thomas is what it is. And for you to like not dip and like really seize the moment because at the end of the day, you still went somewhere. Like talk about your mindset to overcome that. Um, I feel like you have to be your own. I'm my I'm my own worst critic. So that's what internalizes and motivates me to keep going. So me not starting got me more angry. And it wasn't angry because there's two things. You can either get angry with yourself or you can get angry with others. And I feel like when you get angry with others, like that's when you see people who aren't really go forward and like, oh no, it's the coaching or is this I like you can make all the excuses in the world, but if you ain't performing in between those lines, it doesn't matter. And so with that anger came me trying to get better. I didn't know what it took to get better, but I was willing to just try whatever. Um, that and also had a great coach, uh, Coach Mounds, before he left. Like, he believed in me before I even believed in myself. I was like, I'm just a backup safety. Why is he taking the extra time out of his weekend to work with me, a backup safety? Like, this makes zero sense to me. Like, you got five DBs right now going Division One next year. Like. He doesn't need to do this, but it was nice to see somebody take that extra incentive and time and to instill in me. And so I was like, okay, if he's gonna believe in me, I have no choice but to at least give him my best. Because if he's gonna put his all into me when he doesn't have to, I need to keep going. Damn, shout out Coach Miles, bro. Oh, yeah, shout real. out Coach Miles. That's a real Man, I didn't get him my senior year, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a real one, man. Shout out that. And I mean, that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have you if you have knowledge, share it, share it. You know what I'm saying? If you have, if you see it, some someone someone sometimes just needs that little push, that little edge. And mm-hmm. and if you're someone that wants to get back and don't know how to, because a lot of times we all want to get back and we feel pressure that we have to get back monetarily. Right. But sometimes it's just, yo, you know, that person needs a little oomph mm-hmm. and it's going to be inconvenient for you. But if you did right. it, oh, wow. You know, that's, that's really going to make a lasting impact. And look at that. Like Darwin's got one of their best, players in football history because some dude was like, yo, you know what? You gonna, you can do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's real, you know? And and that's really what it's all about. So shout out, shout out Coach Mounds. So, shout out Coach Mounds. So, so talk about, talk about Dartmouth mentality. What was your mentality of like, how'd you start? How'd you have the, the ability to start freshman year and maintain it? I mean, this is going to sound a little cocky but talk it (laughs) I like when you're used to going against some of the best people every day like when I first got to college I was like oh man like I I seen what these dudes gonna look like this gonna be crazy and it wasn't as crazy as I expected now don't get me wrong it was still a learning curve like there's still dudes out there (sighs) giving me work but it just the transition from going to a top tier high school where I knew what it took in order for me to even be in position to start, I just took that mentality and just carried it through. And I got lucky. Like sometimes things have to roll in your right direction. Like one or two people have to get hurt at the right time when you're stepping up and you just got to be ready for like that line when it comes. You know, it's crazy. Asante Samuel Jr. said that high school is harder than college. <laughs> so to your point, it's like South Florida football is something real, real, real deal. 
Man, and practice was harder than games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying something. You know what I'm saying? What the to the level of talent and really the level of commitment and sacrifice it took. Like, do you? I don't think you remember, but do you remember how many scouts was at every practice in that spring? No. We had at least twenty Division One scouts at every practice. And the problem is when that happens, everybody wants to give their best. And so you got people like Damien, just four-star running back, <laughs> just like, oh, who's here this weekend? Oh, okay, yeah, let me just run this dude over real quick. Like, just unnecessary, but like, that's what it took. Like, you were going to see it every week because everybody wanted to give their best. Everybody wanted to make it. That's real, though, you know, because that just, like you said, that just talks to the level of, how serious South Florida competition is now. Now is about planning, really. You know, um, more than more than anything, because opportunities are available. It's about being being open minded to to creating creating a way for you to pick one. Right. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's not about you don't have to pick anything you don't want to pick now nowadays. But I mean, I maybe this is just going to sound old school with me because I don't really understand like the trans policy, but like. There is something to be said of like sticking it through and like being able to like fight through the rough times in order to get out a better player or a better athlete or person. I feel like a lot of times it gets hard for people immediately. And their first idea is like, all right, I'm not succeeding like I was in high school. Like I'm not, that success isn't coming as fast as I wanted. So let me just get out of here. And I feel like it's not going to breed better athletes. If anything, like, Sometimes it might feel like a little bit of catering. Not saying that transferring is always the it's not gonna be best for your situation, but I think people need to understand whether or not it's truly a better benefit for them as a player or just them playing. Because if you can play, but if you're still not performing at your peak, like where why are you out there? To your point, at the end of the day, it's about putting numbers in the board and and what's gonna help you perform the best. And like you said, sometimes it's not it's not the thing. The most uncomfortable thing is probably the right thing. You know, that's probably what it comes down to. Like if if you're feeling like you're performing your best, but you're still uncomfortable, maybe that's where you need to be. And right. if you feel like, you know, you're you're doing numbers in, but it, it's it's too. So I, I would also say this, too. So like to that point like yes i got a chance to start my freshman year at dartmouth was i that good not really like wasn't really that good so like i still had to internalize what am i doing wrong in order to get better for myself and my team like i could have just milked it and been like all right well i'm already starting so this is as good as it gets just wipe my hands clean and just be like all right well i'm out here i'm fine but if you truly want to be the best at what you're doing or you truly want to get better because that's why you're on that field or court, you're going to continue to like grow and improve. Like no matter what level you're on, there's always more. There's always room for growth. Yeah. And to your point, I think you're talking about how do you achieve greatness or how do you achieve accomplishments? Because mm -hmm. everyone I realize everyone's not in in sports for for that. You know? Right. Some people are in it just because, hey, like I'm this is where everyone says I should be, so I'm here. I I was kind of that way. Yeah, we're all that way. We're all that way. 
We're all that way. And it is what it is. So, so it's hard for people to, to get out of that way, you know, and transition from out of that way. So that's, um, that's definitely a tough transition when you realize like maybe sports isn't everything that I'm meant to do. Like, I think for me personally, it was just like, okay, sports has gotten me this far and I appreciate sports because it has gotten me to this level of platform of like the top tier athlete. But when it also comes down to it, I still feel like I could also do more in other areas, spaces and aspects of like my life. And so it was like, all right, now I'm at a crossroad of like, yes, I want to give football my all, but what else am I good at? And I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves an opportunity because you like kind of put yourself in a hole. It's like, all right, I'm an athlete. Being an athlete has got me great. It has got me to this point of success in life. So let me just stick to the bubble I know because that's comfort. But at what point do you start to expand and go through what's the uncomfortable route in order to grow? Mm-hmm. And and to your point, talk about how much, because I think this goes to the point about being uncomfortable. Talk about how much networking played a part in your college experience. Um, I would say network played a huge part. I didn't think it would because I was one of those people. I was like, no, nah, I can like do it on my own. Like I'll figure out where to get a job at. I'll figure out like I just randomly apply and it, it'll just all come to fruition. And then when you kind of bump your head a few times going, all right, this really isn't getting me anywhere. Like who can help? Like once you kind of like get out of your own ego and yourself and be like, all right, who can help me? I got a job offer maybe two, three weeks later. Like as soon as I finally like extended like an ask for help, like just through the alumni network, like that relation just kind of like opened so many more doors for me than me just like trying to brute force it. I'm glad you shared that because that's what it's all about, you know, <laughs> in in today's day and age. It's really, it's really because there's so many people so skilled, I you know, that and the the space is is limited. It's is is limited. It is limited if you want to be a part of the greatness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know um you just want to be there and get in and out there's plenty of like opportunities for that but if you really want to put yourself in one of these top tier like transitioning from sports to like the business world you truly want to put yourself in a high salary or like maybe a highly competitive market you can't accept just being good enough because everybody's looking for the next game changer they want somebody who's really going to take the extra step or the extra time to make the company better that's what they're looking for. So can you talk about a, a little bit more in depth of how you got that relationship mm-hmm. to apply for the aerospace engineering company? Can you talk about for someone who, let's say, is in the position of getting an interview, like what is the interview process like and the type of questions they ask? Um. So... I'll start with like what kind of interview it is. It is a very technical position because it's aerospace engineering. So whatever you're doing, they want to make sure that what you've actually learned in school is going to apply. So they want to see if you're actually competent in your knowledge. And then they want to see how far you can go with that. So mine's was based on circuits and transistors. I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but let's just say I got kind of stumped on one. Okay, you kind of like worked through it with me. And then he gave me more difficult problems. 
And when I realized, I was like, oh my goodness, he's doing the same thing my school was doing where they give you a foundation, but they're just going to keep going and pushing to see exactly how far you can go, even if you don't know, just to see like, even when you're uncomfortable, how far can you piece this together? They don't expect you to get it all the way right. Thank goodness, because I wouldn't have a job. But as long as you can show that, okay, you're willing to put in the work, you have the foundation, like now you can proceed. But in terms of like me reaching out um, for the job, literally I just reached out to uh, like the alumni network. Um, we have a career services at my school. And I was just like, hey, graduating soon. Haven't found anything. Like, let me know if you've seen anything that may come up in my like interest. So I kind of talked to her through that way. And she came back, she was like, hey, I found something that maybe is interesting to you is uh, actually working through like in, somebody in our alumni network. And they sent me kind of like a debriefing of what the job was and I applied for it. And next thing I know, I was out of Virginia. And here I am still. <laughs> so talk about a, a typical work day in your, in your field space. <laughs> so I work at a small company. Yeah, field space, I got you. I work at a small company. So I would say my day-to-day -day looks so different depending on what day it is, but um, I work on electrical power systems and subsystems for satellites. Um, currently right now I'm working on like, I'm not, it's about to sound real nerdy. So if anybody tunes me out, you probably just edit this up. Uh, <laughs> I work on like power converter topologies and stuff like that. So I take the project all the way from the beginning to the end. So I design the schematic, what goes into it, review with my bosses, see if it's cohesive. Then I order the boards, the board comes in, I build up the board, I debug the board, I test it. And then once it's a working product, I actually like send it out the door. So every step of the manufacturing process, I'm a part of whether it's ordering, designing, and debugging. And what does the board control? So the board itself controls the power system on the actual satellite. So let's just say you have like a Doppler radar, just I'm gonna make up random stuff that requires like a certain amount of power output throughout the day. Um, but also at the same time, you might not have, and you're using solar rays, but at a certain time of day, like it might not be any sun. So you need that power system to be able to kick in. Um, so what's happening is now the power system is kind of enabling that Doppler radar to run smoothly, even with or without like uh, additional like power. How does what you want to do tie into where you're at now? ultimately like because how does electrical engineer career progression what does that look like uh i guess it depends on what your end objective is for me i would say the biggest thing for me is it's not about a career trajectory trajectory more of it is like a personal objective like i personally like i said i want to know how everything is built like i truly want to be able to just look at something and go oh yeah that makes sense like, cause circuits is, for me, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, it's the most confusing thing in the world, but once you get it, it's just like a aha moment. And so I wanna be able to build a base, well, not even just a base, I wanna build a foundation strong enough to where I can just look at something, understand it, build it on my own, understand what can go wrong, all the corner cases. And then from there, like, I could do whatever I want. So it's more like a, a quest of like knowledge for me because I think knowledge is more powerful than anything else. Like I feel like in certain business, uh, at least business professions, it's more like, okay, you wanna move up the corporate ladder, figure out like, I'm gonna be a CEO, CTO. For me, it's 
it's not really that big of a deal. It's more like I want to be able to understand everything I want to know. But I want you to talk about how you used your NFL career to set that up and how you took advantage of the NFL PA meetings to learn about opportunities and go from there. So I did use NFL PA, um, but I use it in a different way though. So the way I use the NFL PA, like meetings and different uh, like sessions they offer, I use those to learn more about like my personal finance life. Like, so it's like, okay, you run into X amount of money, but you never actually manage your money before. Like, what should I be doing with my money? Like, especially like as, as black people, like we're not offered a bevy of like information, like this stuff isn't taught to us in school. So you have to learn it on our own. And so I went to these different workshops about finances and stock investments. And then that's when I actually learned like, okay, this is how I go about doing things. This is how I invest in stock. This is how I go about gaining the knowledge to understand what I'm investing in and not just throwing money and just hoping it comes back. And so I use, I use the NFL in that regard to like really help build my platform for like finances, like who I am today, like how am I going to run my business one day? Like how am I going to like allocate money in different ways? Mm -hmm. And then from that knowledge and that base, that you gained, did you end up using some of your NFL money to fund different ventures? <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're going here. <laughs> yes, I did fund, uh, I funded uh, just one just one venture for now uh, in the mix. So what you're alluding to is uh, I actually started my own trucking company and that's like a passive form of income for me. Um, so yeah, I have a semi truck on the road. I don't drive it. I'm glad I don't have to. And so it's one of those things where it's like weekly, I still see money coming in from that investment. And it's pretty cool to see because, you know, it's nice to like wake up the money that you didn't actually work for. Yeah. And it's nice to have the knowledge to know that opportunity exists. <laughs> right. You know, because did you know about trucking ever? Um. Kind of, like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Not like at a, at a very general basis. Like I have an uncle that's a truck driver, but never really like asked too many questions, but just understanding like what kind of money could be like available in the industry, but not just in trucking in general, but just like taking risks with your money. I feel like I was more, you know I me, mean? I was always real cheap growing up. So I was real risk adverse. Like I was not taking any risk. So just being open to the idea that, hey, there is opportunities out there but if I'm going to take this risk, I need to understand what I'm getting into and what am I willing to lose in order to gain. So I have to be okay on both ends. Yeah, and it's not even that, it's not even about being cheap, is this when you don't come from access, you want to keep what you have. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why, that's the name of the game. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, no one really feels, no one feels comfortable when they don't have anything, you know, it's, right. it's more of the time, more, most of the time you only start to invest or really everyone really starts to invest once they've made a substantial income doing something first mm -hmm. and then you invest. So it's not like, you know, you can't no, invest what you got to spend them on. Like it's yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. 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 So, and, and did you, to do trucking, you don't need like, no type of degree or anything or like there's no, you just, 
No, I mean, you don't need a degree to get into trucking, whether it's on the logistics side where you're just scheduling routes or if you're a driver, you will have to get like a special like license in order to drive trucks. But it's not something that you necessarily have to go to college in order to get into. It's just an opportunity to understand. And I don't think I would have understood those opportunities unless I was put in that position for myself. But I think somebody else could figure that out at a way earlier age and save themselves some headaches if they feel like that's something that they want to actually get into. Mm -hmm. And to rewind, right, to go back to your main passion, STEM. So Mm -hmm. if, let's say I'm just now watching this and I'm in college and I'm like, you know what, damn, I do have a passion for learning how things are made and broken down and engineering Mm -hmm. may sound like something I like, but I'm too deep into these courses. Like what, what are some courses that you can take that can build on the fundamentals of STEM? Um, I would say, hmm. funny as it sounds, calculus is kind of like the base of everything. Um, and the cool thing about school or learning nowadays is everything is online. Like you're always two Google clicks away from learning everything you need to know. So if you truly want to understand it, just building your base, like just Google, like it's so funny. We have the most access to technology and information that we've ever had, but the idea of even starting to look for that scares us away from actually doing it. I agree with you. Assumptions are crazy. (laughs) No, it's kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> when um, I was thinking for the the Asian test, it was like the whole entire time I was thinking you need a law degree when you didn't, you mm-hmm. know, and that basketball and like baseball agents, you don't really need degrees, you know, but the assumptions of it exactly. made me not even want to check and just make a decision. Because the idea, at least for me, the idea of putting more into something like a workload that you don't know the outcome is a scary place to be. So a lot of times we get scared away from doing it because it's like, uh, I don't want to put two, three more extra years into, for your case, grad school because uh, like, what's the point? So we try to find something a little bit easier that's more comforting because we could do this now. It's hard to see the, the bigger picture when you're like living in the moment. You're right. So what is advice to someone looking to get more clarity on that? <laughs> what would you say? Uh, um, I guess clarity on which on which aspect? How to think more long term? Like, what what are the benefits? Like, you know, what would you say to someone? Well, I I'll just put it like pretty plain and simple. Like, look at what you're doing now, right? And then ask yourself. At the, at the trajectory of what you're doing right now, do you see yourself actually in a position to go where you want to be or no? If the answer is no, what are you willing to change in order to get there? And are you willing to put in that extra work, that drive, that motivation that we talked about that athletes need in order to be successful into a craft or what you want to do or who you want to be? And if you look back and go, okay, like, Right now, I'm working in retail, but I want to be in the fashion industry. Like, how are you transitioning? Like, what are you putting? Like, what are you doing to get yourself in the right position to stand out? 
what what would you say to a, a introvert that's like that's not me like to put myself out there and get uncomfortable like to what what would you say the benefits of, of switching that mentality i would say it's not switching the mentality but like just gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable like i'm an introvert it might not sound like it now because i'm talking to my friend but like deep now i don't like talking that much like you know that like I barely like giving any information out. I just keep it to myself and then I become an encyclopedia when somebody asks. But like, you just have to understand like if it's truly what you want, like you just have to like fight through that uncomfort. Like it's going to be uncomfortable at some points in times, but that's what change is. Change is uncomfortable. Like when you're, when you feel like you're in a position to change your life, like of course that might make you uncomfortable. But if you really want to do it, you, you can't be idle. And that was the whole purpose of this episode of The Credentials, is just to like show that you gotta be willing to be uncomfortable. That's the credentials, that's the key to life, you know, just being willing to be uncomfortable and having the faith that this is, it makes you happy. Trust your gut that it makes you happy. It's make, like your gut is at ease. It, it feels hard, but your gut is at ease. <laughs> so deal with it. And I like, I like you for sharing that because like you said, you're, you're very introverted. I, for me, I'm very introverted, but you know, it's life experiences happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not allowing the credentials. <laughs> what I need to do, when I need to do something, I do it. Like I have a passion for for service, you know, in, in a mm-hmm. sense of of helping and like spin information, you know. So that's my bag, but it's like. I'm comfortable just chilling in the crib and no one around. And I'm just watching documentaries. Like, <laughs> like you said, I can zone out and go. Learning and- Orca well facts. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my bag. Like you, I, I'm all about learning information. I realize, you know, it's important as you learn to share it. I mean, I guess just don't be afraid of the crafts. Like don't pigeonhole yourself. I feel like as a downfall of a lot of people, like you get comfortable with, one perception of yourself that people have like pushed onto you. And when you lock in, that's usually when you have regrets where it's like, man, I feel like I could have done this. Like I'd never want to be a person that said I could have, should have, would have. Like, I don't know anything worse than the idea of, I know I could have put myself in position, but when I was in that moment, I folded because the idea or the pressure of being uncomfortable was too great. How do you deal with, uh, how do you, how do you prepare yourself for that, that like those pressure packed moments or those, those critical moments that have happened so far in your journey? Honestly, it's funny. This it sounds like just keep studying. Like if you really feel like this is your moment, like when that time comes, there should be no gray areas about any information that you want and or need. You should be able to answer the questions before they even have them for you, but be able to like understand if they understand what they're asking you. Like, I think if you feel like you're in a position where, well, let me, hold on, I'm rambling now. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> how do you, how do you handle those pressure moments in that have happened so far in your journey? Like, how'd you handle senior year knowing that you had to perform or else you're, that's it, your journey's over. And then college, How'd you handle, or how'd you handle in the NFL going against Tyree Kill? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, hamstring. And, 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 Coached. <laughs> Coached. 
<laughs> no, but I would say, like, for me, like, I know who I am. Like, I, I'm a nervous wreck, like, right before that moment happens. And that's because I know how badly I want it. And so that comes off as nerves. But as soon as I'm in that position and I'm in that moment, you have to, like, be able to block it out for me. Like, I have to block it out. Because once I'm there, like, all those nerves and those jitters, that's just energy. Like, and if I channel it anywhere but on the exact thing I'm focusing on, I'm out of whack. Like, I have to zone in. Do you get those same nerves in your current job? From Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Because imagine I work with some, I honestly feel like I work with some of the smartest people, like, on this planet. And when they ask you questions... It's very nerve wracking when you don't have an answer because it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this or not. And so, especially when I first got there, it was like, okay, he's asking me this question, but I don't want to feel dumb. But if I get the wrong answer, I'm also going to feel dumb. So it was me taking that extra time, even on the weekends, reading up, learning, like giving in to like, okay, I don't know this yet. So let me like, at least try to learn. Like I'm still, I'm still here to learn, but I can also like push myself to learn in other ways. Like I don't need to learn at work. Like if it's truly your hobby or passion, you're going to want to like zone in on it. So if let's say I wanted to be an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. What are, what are the three books I can buy that would give me a good foundation on engineering? So this is where I'm a cop out and say, I don't read books like that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Ivy League doesn't even really read books. Engineering, that just proves well, that's a, it's possible. Yeah, I, will, I will say this, though. I don't read books as much because it's like what I'm getting off on right, in terms of like learning. It's not really books. It's more like articles like in engineering, but they're very in-depth. So I can't say if you want to get in engineering because you don't have the foundation yet. Um, I would just say if you really want to get into engineering, like just check out Khan Academy or like one of those learning websites like Sparkfun or just something where they've broken down the fundamentals of every subject, even if it's science, whether it's chemistry, physics, like engineering, like they broke it all down to basic levels and this building blocks for you to learn on. So even if you don't understand it now, at least you understand like, okay, there is resources for me. What about YouTube? What are some YouTube channels that are good for engineering? I mean, kind of the same thing I said. Like Khan Academy does like a whole bunch of videos. They have introductory courses. Like um, people want to learn how to code. There's plenty of like free like code learning processes and software. Like Python's coding space. Like it's free. And honestly, like the way software engineers are getting paid, if I'm looking into like potentially like breaking into computers, like I'm looking into how to learn how to code. Like I never learned to my sophomore year, like learn how to code to my sophomore year of college. Like, and I feel like that was real late in the game considering like all these other kids have had these opportunities before me. So, and it wasn't the lack of interest or knowledge. I just was uncomfortable with trying to learn something I never did before. So don't be afraid to like learn in private, even if like that's your comfort zone, you don't want to tell nobody, like just learn. Just learn. Come on, man. <laughs> Just put it over my head. Just learn. Yeah. <laughs> Just learn. That's, and that's that's the thing about these uh these shows, you know, the titles give themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Just learn. Dot, dot, dot. 
<laughs> just learn from zero stars to Ivy League all star. <laughs> <laughs> the trials and tribulations. Let's say someone. Let's say someone is on their life journey and they're and they're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure it out. What are three action steps you would tell that person to like reset and get back on the right track? Honestly, that's, that's kind of hard to say because you never know the severity of what somebody's going through. And who knows, like different strokes work for different folks. So I can't tell you exactly what to do. Like it's easy on the other side to say what to do when you've made it through. But for me personally, I realize no matter for me, no matter what I've gone through, no matter how hard it seemed, like no matter how bad it's gotten, understanding that tomorrow's still going to happen and some things are out of your control. So worrying about stuff out of your control isn't going to do you any favors. You just got to control what you can. But that worry is the thing that's going to drive you maybe a little bit nuts or insane. So stick to what you can stick to and just avoid the white noise. It'll sort itself out. If you got to work harder, do it when the time comes. But worrying about it is not going to make a difference. What have you learned since COVID? What's a skill? What's a trait? Like something new? Yeah, since COVID. Hmm. I've learned a lot of things, but. Which one? I know, I'll, I'll say one that I don't, I, I don't even feel comfortable saying. I've learned how to grow plants. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Why and what plants? Why? I mean, I've always liked the way plants looked in the houses. And I've like always just been like, man, I wish I like has them in my place and I remember somebody telling me like I don't know you get some plants in the house the thing's gonna die and I'm just like yeah you're right and that was that uncomfortable feeling that kicked in like oh yeah I can't do this <laughs> and yeah maybe a plant or two did die in the process but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where like you see a living organism like grow from like start to finish and when you see it like flourish it's like oh man that's really nice like not only does it look good but to know that you put the extra time and care even if it didn't seem like a lot of effort to see like that small effort growing to something bigger is amazing wow so deep so introspective look at that (laughs) (laughs) all right and then how do you handle the adversities and 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 setbacks that have happened like how have you been able to have the mindset because it's okay to like like damn like it sucks like have some some griefing period but like how do you transition from from that to bouncing back and immediately propelling yourself forward uh i would say like it's one thing my, my coach in college told me it was like like live for the next play so no matter what happened like you could get a touchdown scored on you like three plays in a row but if you if you're still honing in on what happened in the past you're always going to hinder your process in the future. So like, it's funny, it sounds like I live one day at a time. Like, yeah, I know I have something in the future, but the future is off in the distance. Like I hone in on today. What can I control right now to just get me through it? And in your profession, there's always wrong answers. <laughs> always. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So it goes to show that, you know, just in life, like, there's always going to be wrong answers every single day. Right. Like, so it's all about how do you make the excuse, but after you make the excuse, make the adjustment. 
So, yeah, I would say it's not even about like making mistakes. So it's understood like in engineering, like engineering is really that the definition is like not real definition, but the idea is trial and error until you figure out a process that works and make it cohesive for others to understand. And so I would say in what I do and what all job talks are like, like nobody expects you to be perfect at any point in time in your career. But the key is when you mess up, how do you bounce back? Are you making the same exact mistakes over and over? Are you learning from your mistakes? Like, are you actually gaining more insight into why it was a mistake? Not, oh, it, I just messed up. Like, what was wrong with what I did? And have I actually learned what made that wrong? So I don't do that again. And then now I've gained a deeper knowledge and understanding. You don't really hear stories about athletes that are now engineers and nor you do you hear stories of what does it take to be an engineer because your whole profession scared me like <laughs> i'm like because i'm like 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 you i knew i was kind of smart but i'm like yo what y'all doing is a different type of mm -hmm. and i'm glad you you gave someone clarity that maybe like maybe like me and like i'm smart but eh, that even in this it's not really about who's the smartest like because answers are are vague and, in, and it's all about working with the problem and working through the problem and seeing what's the best solutions. Kind of, and that's applicable to everything like law. Law is the same way. It's like, it's not really about right or wrong. You know, it's about what's the best solution for this situation. And then you move on to the next. Like, are you really gaining insight? Or are you just checking boxes? Like it's, an entirely different way of going about things. You can be right, but that doesn't mean you've actually learned anything. A lot of people can be, a lot of people can just recite things. It doesn't mean they've actually learned. And so I think for me, like my biggest thing was I wanted to actually like have insightful knowledge on something or some subject matter one day. And I still don't even have it one, I still don't even have it yet. And that's the beauty of it. Like I enjoy the process of trying to get there. And as long as you enjoy the process, the end result will be way better. Generational Sports Partnerships and Productions appreciates you viewing and or listening to this original content series. Let this empower you towards positive action. Now let's be great.